You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 336. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and small business owners or newly graduated intervoice facilitators like yourself if you are listening and you want to have bookkeeping that you enjoy as much as all of the other things that you do in your company. If you want to enjoy it like I do, and I can't even believe I continue to say that bookkeeping is one of my favorite things because of the way FreshBooks has done it and organized it for us and our team, please go check it out. You can try it for free for 30 days to see if you like it. You can invoice on it. You can send and track all of your expenses. You can have different team members have different login statuses. You can have your accountant there. You can have multiple companies. If you have multiple companies, there's so many different ways to customize this for yourself. So give it a try for 30 days if you wanna see if you like it, like I do, over at freshbooks.com lively, and then enter the lively show in the how did you hear about us section so they know you found it through the show. All right, now let's move on. Today, you guys, we have the collective back. And my goodness, Annie and I just wrapped the show. This is Tuesday as we just recorded this, and it felt so good. Can I just say that? And if I could do it in emojis, I'd do those like clapping hands. My brother does those clappy hands in between the words, like emoji speak or whatever. But it felt so good to talk with the collective. It's been a little while, a hot second since we've done it with Annie. Annie Francoeur, by the way, is still working on her website, but you can find her over on Facebook with Annie and the Collective over there. So if you want to go check that out, but also, of course, I'm sure have her new site done soon. But gosh, Annie Francoeur, it was so good to be able to talk with her again and also to have the Collective back on. This episode was super delicious and juicy and very actively pulled up for me. Basically, in my own life, I was noticing patterns come up that were old and you'll hear more about it in the show. So I'll just like, I won't really go too deeply into that, but I'll say that like during this kind of like lockdown-y stay-at-home time, a lot of people might also be finding patterns in their own lives or families showing up. And this show I have found so insightful. And like I said, it felt so good to be in the energy of the collective again. If you're interested, next week on Tuesday, we're gonna start another round of the COCO. The COCO is the collective collective, the collective of humans that love the collective channel by Annie. Now, of course, you don't need to join it. It's just a thing that we have as an option if you're interested in two things. One, connecting to the channel collective through Annie by submitting your own questions. So we're gonna have every other week for the next two months. So there'll be four total sessions that are an hour and a half long each. You guys will be able to submit your questions to the collective and we'll share them through that. And then also you'll have a private community Slack channel. A lot of those alumni from round one are actually joining in round two too. And they've actually become good friends. They do lunches together on Skype and Zoom. They have a lot of fun. They do meditations as groups or individuals. There's been a lot of friendships that have formed. And it's all social distancing appropriate all over the world. And also, if you're like, for example, in Europe, God bless you, the European time zones are never fun for the sessions and this kind of thing. You can always submit your question ahead of time and listen to the recording so you don't have to be live on the actual COCO call. So don't worry if that's something you're not going to stay up for. That's fine. You can still submit questions and be a part of the community, whether you're European or not or whatever time zone you're in. And then, of course, you'll have the recordings as well. So if this is something you're interested, like I said, head over to JessLively.com slash Coco, C-O-C-O, in order to join us. 
We have an alumni rate for those that have joined in round one of the COCO and also just like the regular sign up for the two month program. So if you're interested and it feels like a fit, of course, go into your intuition, <laughs> ask the collective if you should join. And we trust that the right people will be there because they feel it's a fit. Without further ado, let's go to the show. So are you ready? Wait, is this the collective asking Jess if she's ready? I love it. Yes, that's it. That's faster than ever. Annie has not lost her touch. <laughs> now we have to say we were kind of hiding behind the curtain and just waiting for her and she can feel it because she's just taking off every piece of jewelry. She just cannot stand any piece of jewelry when we come in with that much presence and allowed space. Why is that? Why no jewelry? Usually she wears things that are, we would say, more neutral that she picked up for herself without any load of memories. And today she's wearing a specific piece. Well, she was. <laughs> and we, we wanted that to just be discarded uh, because it holds uh, what could be called um, karmic memory or familial, you know, family memory. And this is a structure. It's a nice one. It's a loving one, but it's something that will restrain her energy and we don't need that. She doesn't need that. So anything that you wear, especially gold and precious stones, when they have been loved by someone else and when they have been worn by someone else or given with an intention, and we underline here the word intention, they hold a structure and they hold, hence, a limit. And even though this limit might be a loving one, it's an unwanted one for now. Beautiful. Can people clear those karmic things and like kind of neutralize the energy of the piece now? You mean in the piece of jewelry and be able to wear them all the time? Yeah, basically. Without the limitation? There are some ways, we would say with minerals, with salt, and with exposition to light but it doesn't take away every everything every memory and we come in here with a favorite topic with cellular memory because the stones and the gold they have this type of memory and so someone who's very sensitive will still be connecting with these limits even though the pieces have been cleansed in a way but, you know, when we are done with this moment, Annie can put these pieces back and her life will be just fine. But to receive us in the most open way with the less hurdles possible between us and her voice, we asked for these to be removed. Beautiful. I love that. Now, Collective, Jess, the character, human, <laughs> me, had an interesting morning, kind of. And I don't know if it was actually to bring this topic to the show or if it's just Jess's life, what she's going through. But it was around pattern breaking and thinking that this might be a topic that people could benefit from right now. Does this seem like something you'd like to go into for the show today? Absolutely. We're fine with that. And in fact, maybe a branch of us was playing with you this morning. Did I get this whole situation showing up in my life to bring it up? Because here's how I'll share. So what I'm realizing is a lot of people are still in that like whole, whatever you want to call it, lockdown, stay home place. 
And I think that a lot of humans are looking at their stuff, and especially in times of stress, like being locked into a place for months at a time with close quarters and family and the limitations that are currently upon us. I think it's a chance for people to really slow down and look at all the sticky stuff, all the patterns that they may go to, especially when they're not necessarily in their fast flying state that the life usually is in. So what I'm wondering is if it, if this is connected this morning. And actually, yeah, I asked the collective, by the way, about the pattern. And I was like, how do I break this pattern in it? The collective, which I'm assuming as you guys said, it's already taken care of the minute I asked. I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah, you're just going to break that familial pattern in like one second. Okay, cool. I'm glad I asked. But okay, let's talk about patterns. Please help us. And so we're here to bring our perspective and hoping this will help you. This is our deepest wish. So when the words you heard was that it was already taken care of, meaning that you knew we were coming today to share with you people. And we intended to talk about this with you so you can take it off your mind, so you can stop analyzing it and you can give it, offer it as, let's say, as a tribute to the intention of life so it could be loved by the larger part of you, by the the more united part of who you are with all that is. So that's what we meant when it's we said it's already been taken care of. In a way, the solution is already here. In a way, you have already dissolved this pattern. The mind is not sure. It is done. And so it keeps playing with it. But you have already clarity on your patterns. You have it. It maybe is a little lack of trust and a little lack of maybe potentials of verifying that truth in these days because you're going through a different um, way of living for now like everybody else on the planet or you know, almost everybody. So yes, these times are about, they are a beautiful privileged time to have a good look and to be daring to look at what irritates you, all of you. Normally, uh, when something is rubbing against the grain, we would say, you go to work, you go to do some errands, you go running, you go for a cup of coffee, you go take a beer, you go, you go to sleep, you do something else, and you leave the family core, or you leave that space where for now you're kind of stuck in. And so you're having a very easy distraction from what is hurting or what is irritating. But now, nowadays, the gift is there, is that you are seeing the patterns, the wounds, the beliefs that are limiting you. They are in plain sight. They are offered and this is so easy for you now to look at them, to see them, and to dare be the creator and dissolve what is. Because what is irritating you, we're not speaking to you specifically, but to all, is simply a resistance, a learned helplessness in regard of a certain situation, feeling that because you're the parameters of your life have changed, that you lost, you lost freedom, which is not true. It has certainly changed, but the freedom is within. 
And so it is a beautiful moment to be still with your patterns, your beliefs, the place where you feel stuck, and to look at them, to acknowledge they are there, because if you don't, you will never, ever be able to get rid of them. You have to acknowledge what is a limit in your life. And then you have to accept what is, what has been, in order to be able to move forward and to create the new life, to create with the new tools, to create from a, a, a grander stillness than what was done before. Okay, so can we break that down so that the humans, because I'm loving the frequency, but I think that human minds are like, okay, that was a lot right there. Okay, yes. So the first is, how would they acknowledge the pattern? Let's say, let's choose three examples so that this can be extrapolated. One, let's say someone has eating, because I just shared about my own nine years previously of eating issues. So a lot of people replied saying, how do I let go of that? I really want to let go of eating control. One could be drinking and one could be online shopping, because <laughs> I think that's something people are still able to do. So let's say those three patterns are example patterns. People could have other issues. So you have to first look, these are compulsions, basically. And so there are compulsions because the, let's say we will talk about the smaller human or the conditioned human, and you have the higher human or the one who's the creator in full consciousness. This is the one that you can connect to in order to receive support in what you want to do. Okay. So, but we will go to the three examples you gave, either drinking, eating, or compulsive shopping online or you didn't mention even compulsive but that's what we feel because otherwise it wouldn't be a problem so in order to accept them you have to understand why you're doing them you have to understand what is the little payoff you're gaining when you are indulging in these what is the feeling you are searching for what is the solace you are seeking and never blame Never, never blame yourself. First, you're being conscious of what's happening. So this is already a big step. And then if you're doing that is because at one point in your life, you acquired the belief that it was the best thing to do. This probably most surely isn't accurate anymore. But at one point, it was your truth. And so do not blame you, but you can choose differently from now on. And so when you notice, what is it you are seeking? Is it recognition? Is it reassurance? Is it feeling loved? Is it feeling connected? Whatever you are seeking, this is what you have to observe. What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? You know? And when you know that, then it is about loving the part of you that wants this because that's not the core of you. That's the mini you, the human you, the conditioned you. So loving that part, which is, we would say, the hardest part because most of the time you're not accepting the part of you who's overeating or undereating or drinking or shopping you're allowing it to indulge and at the same time you're cursing it. 
Yeah, in this type of scenario, the pattern breaking in these ways, like that's a really frustrating cycle. Or it could be for someone else, maybe it's lashing out at their partner or being very irritated. Like no one likes the feeling of doing it over and over again. And I've just watched my own mind. It's the judgment on the whole thing on top of it that the mind does is even worse. It just layers on top whatever you've already done. Buddhism, or is it Taoism? They have a beautiful saying. They talk about the second arrow. And we would like you to consider this because this is beautiful. You've been hurt by the first arrow, which is the event or whatever, you know, the context. And the judgment that comes on top of that is the second arrow. And you don't need that. But that's what humans do. They tend to judge their actions, their non-actions. They tend to judge I did that again, I said that again, why don't I shut up, why do I lash out? And they, you know, this is the place where you hurt yourself even more than the action that was taking you out of balance, that was pushing you out of your, of your alignment. So when you start being conscious that you are hurting yourself a lot with the judgmental part of you, only being conscious about that, it will make it more permeable to consciousness and so the judge part of you will start backing off a little bit because you will have put the spotlight on it you know oh yes wait on that actually it's funny I was sharing about my mind as I've been releasing emotional I call them beanbags around photography and my beauty and I realized when I was writing on the insta stories the word judgmental and my inner being kind of wrote it judge judge dash mental. And I, this is cool. This is an opening for my mind. Maybe others too. If you're already like me or Jess, where you're like, okay, I want to go beyond the mind. And I've been really focused on developing my conscious awareness beyond the mind. And so you're less attached to the mind's disposition to things. If you look at the judgment part, that second arrow you're talking about as the mind, and you don't identify as strongly to the mind part anymore, then when you notice the judgment, therefore, you don't need to identify with that part and go, oh, that's just the mind. Of course, the mind would judge. But then I don't have to sit there in the arrow trying to like identify as the arrow and the pain that I'm feeling from the arrow. Yeah. Okay. So it's the judgment's the mind. That's And then if you just get that and then you just go, wait, I'm not just the mind. I don't have to hold on to that. And moreover, yes, you know, it's easy to say I don't have to hold on to that. But to release that habit is quite difficult for most people. So then you can ask the judge, you know, when did you come into my life? And most of the time, these voices from the mind, the mental part of you, are so eager to have the stage. They will say, oh, I came in when you were three, or, you know, at kindergarten, or at the uh, high school when you started, you know, having boobs and the other girls didn't have them. And, you know, so the judge is coming into your experience for a good reason in the past, but it's not serving you anymore. Oh, mine came in from judging my family. Mm -hmm. This is a pattern that my family has that I don't like about the family pattern. And so I judged there. But as growing up, you know, having the family patterns is as essential as breathing, let's say, or, you know, as your heart beating, because it's part of who you are growing up. Your mind has been inseminated with the idea we need in the family to judge. 
that's what we do. We are this name, that name, and that's what we do. So that's the pattern. That's the mold you receive. And for you as a growing child or teenager or young adult, it's part of who you are until you realize, hey, wait a minute, this is so heavy. I don't like this life. I don't like this behavior of mine. And then when you start questioning that and you disidentify, like we said many times, it's about putting distance between who you truly are and what is hurting you, what is limiting you, what is making you resist. That's the judge. That's the one who wants to sabotage your life. You know, whatever the name of that thing, it's not you. It's part of the mind. This is so good. I miss you, Collective. This feels so good. So good. Okay. We love you. Oh, I love you too. Okay, so just in case this is useful for everyone else, I'm going to try it extremely lightly because I really protect my family. My family is extremely introverted and not interested in being public, so I'm not trying to get into this stuff. We can pick up another family. <laughs> but I will say, I want to, like, I have no problem sharing myself. So I'm going to share from without, like, all the details. So that's, like, the reason, guys. It's not like I'd, I'd be more open, but I'm super protective of my family and their privacy. But I can share my own responsibility, response, ability, my response to situations when I was younger. I played the role in the family on this pattern as the judge. So it's funny. It wasn't that they were judging. I was just the character in the family of five that judged. Mm -hmm. That was your role. That was my role. And now I took that on. No one told me to be that role. <laughs> I did not need to do that. I didn't have to. It's heavy. And now I judge myself every time I see the damn pattern in myself, to be quite honest. We want to put light on this. No one told you, hey, Jess, this is your role. But what happened most probably, and this is good for all individuals in their family patterns, is that when you did judge once when you were little, you got approval. Really? They didn't like that I was judging them? I don't think. You felt important or it gave you something. They didn't like it. I probably felt something, but they didn't. Yeah. Maybe you felt empowered. Oh, or what if you feel better than the pattern? Yeah, so that makes you, that in that time gave you a certain status. And like the role, the mind, not you, the mind loved the role, loved the power, loved that it had something specific to do. Like, hey, there is no more judge, there is no not another one in that family who's the judge, I'll be the judge, and then I can be connected, I have my space in the family, do you know? Yeah, because it's like rebelling against the pattern by judging the pattern. And I'm only sharing this, you guys, because I hope this is useful for anyone else that might be doing this in their own family. That's the only reason I'm bringing this up, is for help of others, because this is... Okay, so if some family has a pattern and you want to break the pattern, what ends up happening is that maybe in an unconscious younger state, the rebellious person could take on, could choose to take on the judge character. And it's like a way of fitting in by rebelling against the pattern and potentially, but not everyone does, but I did, my mind totally judged the pattern. And that's how it found its place in the family as the judge. Yeah, it can be like, we don't like what we're doing, but we're doing it because it gives us a spot, it gives us something unique, it gives us a certain power. No matter what the reason is, 
humans tend to want to have a mask or they want to have a role or they want to be defined. This is very important when you're trying to fit into society. But as you distance from that, as you want to dissolve the patterns, you want to let go of the mask. You want to let go of the roles you, you gave yourself or were imposed on you. Yes. I'm looking at this like from politics, for example. I don't get involved in politics. It's just not. I see that the more resistance, the more persistence. And so I have no interest in getting into the middle of it because I just know that it's just a pendulum. You're just pushing it harder. The more you pull one way, the more the other side pulls back. Okay. Family patterns. The more that I played, the pattern was very strong in the family. So for me to play the resistance, like the politics, let's just say it's politics just as an example here. If I had four Republican family members, I had to be the Democrat that was as strong as all four Republicans in my own ideology, in my own point of view. So that pattern, if the pattern was softer, my resistance to it could have been softer. My judgment could have been softer. But because the pattern my mind felt was so strong, I took on this like four times the identity kind of resistance in order to balance out what my mind thought it needed to balance. Yeah, because inside of you to have a certain, let's say, clarity, we, we're not saying that makes sense, but that's how people do in order to be able to expand in that reality. They have to be congruent with what the mind thinks. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Even against what is you know, your highest good in order to be congruent with the mind's views of life, of your family, whatever, until you start realizing this is hurting you, this is not the best option for you. Yes. I know some people that have had, for a different example, a very restrictive religious upbringing. Those people that were in that family, let's say a four extremely religious people, have a huge intolerance to religion. The one that goes out of it, they hate religion. And I always look at them kind of like, what is your deal? Like, okay, yeah, I agree. It's limited. It doesn't need to be there. But, you know, they're doing their best. This is where they're at right now. Because I didn't have that strong family pattern to fight against. But they're only fighting against religion as strongly as they are because of the resistance and the conditioning they were given. Yeah. And also when it comes to religion, it's kind of a very specific area of life. We would say it's maybe also past life. They need to clear some stuff from their past lives because religion, it tends to stay stuck in the cellular memory until the person comes to a neutral space with that, you know, so sometimes they bring old wounds from past lives in order to heal them in this lifetime. And what is the best place then to be exposed to a family who is highly religious so you can really choose for yourself in that moment? Wow. So the stronger the pattern, if you, especially if it has family connection, the stronger the pattern, the stronger the resistance you may take on as a role, or that might be part of what I got out of it without realizing Okay. All right. Let's keep going. I would just like to say one last thing, please, because this is almost like the key to dissolve these resistance. You feel they are strong in general, may feel 
that we're addressing everybody here. You may feel that your conditioning, your patterns are so strong, you cannot undo them. But this is just a mind game. The mind is trying to make you believe that you have no power over your beliefs. But please see this differently. You are the chooser. And the mind will simply change roles when you tell the mind, hey, I'm the one choosing here. And I'm choosing to go beyond that. Yeah, because I do believe, I think that a lot of human minds want to take a pattern they don't like about themselves. Let's say it's eating or shopping or alcohol, and they want to say, I'm such an addict, I can never have sugar or cookies, or I never could have alcohol ever again. That's a really strong one in humans. Or I can never, I need to have a budget forever. And I realized because looking at that, I had those eating issues for so long, I could have easily thought I was like that. And now I'm like, I eat cookies when I want to eat cookies and I don't have that limitation. I know that's the mind playing a role to say I could never have. That's as restrictive as the over it. It's just the other pendulum side. So I know there's a natural place with all of these things that exists. Okay, so first we find and get rid of the judge and whatever the role of and what the joy of the pattern was itself. Yes, it's about identifying what's the payoff. Okay. Mini prize you're getting when you're giving in to the addiction, whatever the addiction is. What is it you are seeking? When you know that, you can see from a conscious part when you're in an aligned moment, do that with support, do that with help, or do that journaling. You know, don't do that when you feel weak. You, you need to, to be supported in doing that. Where are the others in the other areas of my life where I can find this specific feeling that I'm seeking for when I do this, when I do the drinking, eating, shopping? So when you identify these your mind starts to notice, hey, there is joy. You know, maybe there is, let's say about the eating. A lot of people will want to eat and eat and eat because when they were young and they had a boo-boo, a problem, you know, they were given a cookie or they were given something sweet or, you know, come on, let's have a lunch and we'll, you know, we'll take care of that. And they associated the eating with feeling better, with feeling good, with, connection or re even receiving attention and so they feel and the mind connects that I, I need attention I'm going to eat so I'm going to have that good feeling some people do that so when you identify that what you're seeking is feeling connected need receiving attention that's when you can start pinpointing spaces of your life dimensions of your life where you can seek that feeling, that getting attention, that feeling worthy, that feeling enough, that feeling whatever you're seeking, and shift slowly. When you're about to have an extra cookie and you, you know you don't really need it, or you're about to go to the end of the Ben and Jerry thing and whatever, you just, you can stop yourself and say, okay, I know, you know, even though I'm going to eat it now, I can do the conscious process of thinking I know I'm seeking recognition, let's say, and I can have this in this part of my life, that part of my life, that part of my life. And if you see no other way, no other space in your life where you can have recognition, that's where you need help. That's where you need support. So someone can counsel you, guide you, show you there is so much more than food to receive a feeling of worthiness, connection, whatever. And you need to operate that shift.
Of course, you can do that by yourself without the help of others if you connect to who you truly are. Yeah, that's going to be the answer for a lot of people. If you're in isolation, especially by yourself, you've only got the pattern in you. (laughs) Yes. So that's where we come in with what we wanted to share. You are in a body. You are a piece of soul manifested in a physical body, but that's not what you are. You're so much more than that. So you came in as a spark of life wanting to incarnate in a body. And that spark of life is connected to all that is. It is connected to the higher intelligence that is creating everything that you see, everything that you don't see. And it is a master planner. It has an amazing intelligence. It has an amazing wisdom and an amazing desire to expand, to create, and to go forth. And so when you simply remember, and we are saying it to you now, you are connected, all of you, if you're alive, you're connected to that force. If you're not alive, you are that force. Okay, that's as simple as that. So when you remember, okay, I'm not alone, and I can ask the support of all that I am. You ask that support, and that's where you have to give up on your limits. That's where you have to understand that your intelligence is like the, like the toddler in comparison to the intelligence, the mastery at planning that life intelligence has. So that's when it is helpful to surrender to just let the life flow bring to you something that is much grander than what you can have conceived of. Uh, Let life flow bring to you ways to be connected, to feel worthy, to feel you are enough, to feel whatever you were seeking when you were doing the compulsive act or action. Let this life show you that you can literally let go of all the limits you gave yourself. I should be this person. I should act this way. I should marry this type of person. I should have this type of professional occupation, whatever. And let the higher intelligence bring her plan to you for your life, for your healing, for your releasing of the judge, for your dissolving of your limitations of your patterns let yourself be loved by this life flow allow it invoke it in your own life beautiful and actually this i know you've been telling annie she's never alone is this the topic that this butts into yes (laughs) so how do you feel that you're never alone i mean the mind is so trapping to the perception of aloneness how do you go beyond that breathing Well, uh, breathing is a wonderful tool because when you breathe deep, the mind has to step back. When you notice for yourself, when you are in the hamster wheel of the mind and you're just churning ideas and projections and what if and scenarios, your breathing comes not to a halt, but it's very weak or it's very fast paced but it's not nurturing at all it's not a deep breathing that is soothing to the body or it doesn't even have anything to do with the kind of very subtle breathing that you can have when you meditate and when you are in a very nice space of 
neutrality. So the mind will stop your deep breathing. It will stop the connection to the life flow. It has a purpose. It's a tool, but it should not have the role you all give to your mind these days. It shouldn't be the chooser in your life. Ooh, that's good because there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of visualization and meditation and choosing with the mind, thinking that that's literally the job of the mind. Well, it's a baby step. If your life is a mess and you start visualizing with the mind some good stuff, this is wonderful, but still it's limited. And what happens if we stop choosing with the mind? I'm sure every mind is wondering what will happen. Will my life fall apart? Will it go in directions I hate? No, (laughs) it may bring you surprises. It will bring you things that you never thought possible. Let's say we're just taking the example of Annie when she surrendered to our presence. And look what she's doing now. Just channeling this voice, she never could have thought of that like a year ago. Never. Not in this manifestation. She was used to channeling, but she was limiting it. She was giving it a, let's say, a size and a length and a dimension and the way it should be because she was giving that pattern from what she knew from her mind about channeling. And that was limiting the way these energies wanted to come to her. So whatever you want to create in your life, your mind is going to want to imagine that from what it knows. So if you want to go beyond what you know, if you want to have a shift, an important one, you have to go beyond the mind. You have to connect to that life intelligence that is so grander than what you know when you're simply in the mind. These moments of inspiration, these grand ideas, these genius ideas, they happen when the person is connected to the life flow, not when you're connected to the mind flow. It's impossible. Beautiful. Okay, so we need to figure out to go back to the pattern breaking into dis- our pattern dissolving. I like that. I like the idea of dissolving the pattern rather than breaking it. So much gentler because we want you to integrate that part of you who's younger than who you are now. We want you to love that part of you who needs to drink, to eat, to shop. And we want you to comfort that part of you. Hey, I'm here. I'm taking care of you. I know you are out there and you're in need of something. I'm going to meet your needs, but in a different way. And that you you're saying isn't the mind you pretending to be the adult. It's the consciousness you. Yeah. Well, let's say I want the human you who wants to break a pattern. Let's say Jess. And let's say let's pretend you're the one having a shopping issue. Okay. We're just going to pretend this. Or let's take Annie. Let's say Annie has a shopping thing. She's shopping too much. So that's not her who is shopping too much. That's a part of her who's seeking a certain kind of either distraction, fulfillment, whatever. We're going to pick fulfillment. Let's say she needs to feel fulfilled. She needs to feel recognized. But that's not Annie, the grown-up woman, who needs that. That's the young one inside of her or maybe outside of her who's separated, who's like a psychic energy draining her energy. And we want you to notice that word. Whatever the pattern you have, it is draining you. 
And why is it draining you? Because you have to maintain outside of your core, outside of your united self, you have to maintain that broken energy of you. And that is draining energy. What do you mean maintain? You have to keep the pattern going to maintain it? Yeah, it needs to be alive. You know, it's it's there and it's functioning weakly. It's not functioning in a good manner inside of your whole being. It's not integrated. It's suffering out there. It's a broken part. It has a it has an a conditioning. It has a need that is not necessary. You don't need to drink that much. You don't need to shop that much. You don't need to eat that much. But this part thinks it does. That's the only way it will feel replenished for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for an hour. And then it will start again draining your energy. Yeah, it's like we're a water balloon and it's like a hole where the water's coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, and it's draining. So we want you to see if you want to push that away, it'll just drain you more. So you have to love it. You have to welcome it inside of you. You have to say, hey, I see you, okay? I see you. I know you're there. I know you're in pain. And please feel when you say this to that part, I know you're in pain, how it will react. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you're feeling it right now, but feel it. I know you're in pain. I know you're doing this because you have an unmet need. And I'm here to love you. And I'm here to hear you. And I'm here to help you heal. I have a space for you inside of my own being, the one who I am now. And invite this part of you to come home. Love it. Give it space inside of you. Show that part of you that it's not three years old anymore, that it's not five years old anymore, that it's not a teenager or young adult or even the one you were yesterday. It's you today. And you, as you connect to all that is, as you breathe in with the life flow that is always there for you, you will have more space inside of you to invite these broken parts. When they accept to come and rest inside of you, notice the surge of energy inside of your own body. I love that. It's like this water balloon analogy, as you were saying that. I know Annie thinks I'm channeling you just through metaphor. I saw a water balloon with the leaking energy in that one area. And as you loved it, as you were describing, as you love the hole where the hole is and the drain is, as you're loving and loving and loving as the water's leaking and leaking and you're loving that hole, it's like the rubber goes together again. It like it heals the tear. And I literally had this happen in my physical body. Everyone's probably remembered, I've talked about this before, the planters were I had on the bottom of my foot when I thanked it for 10 minutes and then forgot about it, even though I still had it, it healed. And my mind still couldn't believe it, it was fascinated, but it healed itself just like the water balloon. It literally dissolved away the war. Like it didn't fall off. It didn't flake off. It just got back to better cells, just like the balloon in this case would have just got back to better. And that's where we can apply to this the, the, the concept of cellular alignment. When your energy, when you're, the core of you is not busy entertaining these parts, these beliefs, these wounds, it can come back to the whole center of you, to the core of you. And then you're so much more in sync with the whole body 
and your alignment can be felt in so many layers of your physical body, the emotional, the energetical layer. And that's, you know, when we spoke about cellular alignment, this is also one of its results, how you can heal, how you can stop inflammation, how you can have ailments, recedes, and heal in such an amazing way. When the focus comes back to breathing in the core of you and not out there feeding a distorted energy, feeding something that believes it needs to be maintained out there. So it's an amazing, there can be miracles happening when you come back to your core, when you breathe with your own self. Yeah, I felt like that wart was like a miracle. And then my mind couldn't believe it happened. <laughs> so then I manifested a different athlete's foot nearby because my mind could not stop projecting the energy imbalance in that area of my body. And I knew it was there. And I was like, I'm just gonna do and it ended up manifesting something else. And thankfully, it's all released and everything. But my mind is still amazed at that. That healing was so wild to my mind. And of course, it all, I studied all this and wanted it, but when it actually got it, it couldn't even comprehend that it, it literally was possible, not just theoretically possible. And what's nice is that sometimes when this happens, the mind, it just goes quiet because it has nothing to say. It's kind of, it's not in my league. That's way too much for me. And then it goes quiet because it can be the observer. And this is such a good feeling for the human. All right. So you've mentioned about religion, but this might be true for other patterns as well. Maybe the cellular level. So like the ancestral lines with certain patterns and stuff. Do we need to make a story out of that? Or can we ignore that? If it like, do we need to go down that road? Like you said, with esoteric work, we don't need to go back to the books that have already been written. Do we need to worry about if our pattern has to do with a family line situation or not? No, because if it does, it will be obvious to you. Like the example you gave of that person who, you know, who was part of a family, they were like righteous, religious, we don't know the terms you used. So that person probably had something to release within that dimension of life. And that was probably very obvious to her. But don't go searching for stories when, where you don't need to. It's not something you need to know consciously. What we mean is that if a pattern is in your life and it's there, it's obvious it needs your healing love. But if nothing is hurting or if, if there is no imbalance calling you back in your past lives, why would you want to go there? You're here. Well, what if you've seen the pattern in your family and then you're seeing it in yourself? If you're seeing it in yourself, give us an example. Let's say drinking. Mm -hmm. That's something that some families have as a pattern. Yeah, well, you can have, let's say, a genetic memory in that. You can have a belief transmitted from one person to the other generation saying, oh, this uncle was able to get, you know, to get rid of drinking or he's just a drunkard or this and that, and you'll be just like your uncle. So if you hear that type of things... That's when you need to break a cycle because you've been handed the belief that you were going to end like uncle or aunt, who knows who. So let's say if you swam in that pool of sayings and beliefs, 
it's important for you to find a way to get rid of them. But if these are not active, why would you want to go back? Well, how do you get rid of them if you have them? Well, that's specific. It's a case by case because these addictions, most of the time they will seed or they will go back to someone not able to connect to or to allow love in their life. Yes, I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So they feel unworthy of love. And the problem is that deep within, because they are humans, because they came into this plane, they manifested, there is a seed of wisdom inside of them that knows they deserve love. And then they were told or they were shown that, you know, in the family where they grew up, they were told for some reason to believe that they don't deserve love. And as a child growing, you have to make sense of what the adult world is showing you. You have to make sense of that. And if the people around you who are those who are taking care of you, if they don't give you love, or if they show you that love is scarce, and then you have something inside of you making you feel that love is there, you have to push that thing, that truth away, because it doesn't fit your little universe in which you are growing. And you have to belong because you want to survive. So you're pushing away the truth in order to survive in your family and you endorse the feeling, the belief that you're not loved or love is scarce or it's not for you, whatever the story, until the moment when you feel you need something else. There is a deeper truth. And most of the time when people go through the, what we call the awakening or the search for self-realization, that's where they are starting to hear that deeper truth that is coming, bubbling gently to the surface. There is something more. There is something for you. There is an unending flow of love for you and you've been lied to. So can I just recap what you just said? Because that was brilliant. You just say that the little kid, let's say in this family, let's say the person that started some pattern that the rest of the family has been dealing with for generations, they were loved. They knew they were loved, but they were, let's say, for example, in a family that did not show them that. So their mind, in order to, to belong in this mental family of I'm not loved, blocked the love that they knew that they had in order to belong and identify as a Smith or as a Johnson or whatever the last name is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because as a growing being, you quickly notice who is bringing you food, who is bringing you shelter, who is bringing you a certain order. You know, who are you depending on as a growing being? And it is quickly realized that it is those people taking care of you called mom and dad or whoever. And that the source of love, the source of life that you feel within is not the one, let's say, on the manifested plane taking care of you. Okay, and we're very specific here. And the being, the little one growing, knows that if he or she wants to survive, they will have to choose because their mind is not made to conceive of both realities, the one, the conditioned one and the divine one or the oneness one, if we can say so. So they have to choose and they will push away. They will refuse the love and they will fit. They will do whatever is needed to fit in the family 
until they can move away from that mold. Yeah. And then if you take on the character of the judge in that family later, generations later, then you are like fitting in the family because you're unhappy because you're judging, but you fit in the family because you're not happy. Because if you didn't judge and you didn't sit there staring at the pattern, then you would just be happy. But if you were happy, you wouldn't belong in the family. You wouldn't fit. So you have to find your own way. And you just find a different way if you play the judge character and go against the family, like the religious person that I know. Okay, so that person, the family wasn't happy. They pretended maybe to be happy, but he didn't feel that they were actually truly happy. And so his resistance and judgment on the family was also unhappy, but just in the opposite direction, just like this politics thing. Like like the Democrats and Republicans are not allowed to be happy with what is, because if they do, then what do they have to fix or change or control if they are happy? So they have to have an agenda and they have to be upset about something in order to change something in this push-pull dynamic. Yes, you're right. And while you were saying this, we were just feeling so what a beautiful opportunity to create a new world right there. And then to start allowing yourself when you notice you're in such a pattern to live in a different way, to recreate, to create a new way of living, experiencing politics, families, any molds in which you have been forced into because everybody is the creator of their own experience and if you're born in a family where people want to argue they want to be stiff they want to be you know they want to be limited that's their own plan you can always choose for yourself once you're a grown up once you understand you have your independence you can always choose differently out of staying out of any judgment for everyone that surrounded you with their limited views. You can choose for yourself. I'm like in tears and I have goose, as a Dory calls them, I'm staying with Dory, she calls them the screaming tingles. I have alignment bumps all over. What a pattern to break. What a rebellion to just choose to be happy out of all the families and all the religions and all of the politics and just to choose. That's how you heal the water balloon, like we said earlier. Yeah, and feel it is so the opposite of rebellion. It is coming to alignment with the truth of who you are, all of you. That's true. That's my mind that would say that that's to rebel against the humanity that we're currently in. What you're used to know when someone goes against the grain of the given politics or the given whatever, it's rebellious. But it's also not rebellious in our point of view. It's coming back to your truth. Which is what the little kid could have done decades ago or generations ago that initially started to fill up the void with something else. Yes. You know, but we would say in general, young beings don't have the strength to do that. It is the occasional one who will really be able to stand their ground and stay happy within a gloomy family. But then it will be very very difficult for them to maintain their wholeness in that and they will just leave very soon. They will not wait until they're 21. They will go away very quickly because they don't fit in that surrounding. But some beings achieve that, but there are only a few. And it's okay. Nothing in that is wrong. If you're in a family and you feel the patterns and you feel limited, by all means, do not judge yourself. Just choose differently. That's the choice you have. 
But you choose differently first by loving the water balloon hole. <laughs> Absolutely. Love the tears, love the, the, the water running away from your balloon, love all. Love the draining part of you, basically. Absolutely. And tell them, I know you hurt. I'm here to love you. It is so important that they feel that you understand they are in pain. These parts of you, they need healing. They need love. That is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I'm so thankful that I had this morning. Okay. So is there anything else? Okay. So we love and heal the water balloon hole. Is that basically it? Yes, it is. Start with that experience with small patterns in your life. Love them. Do not go for the big one if you don't feel safe doing that, but start with the small ones. And then when you notice that your water balloon is, you know, it's perfect again, it's all round and filled with the water and you have no more tear, then just feel how this wholeness feels in you and allow the life intelligence to offer you what's next. We would say, Start unplanning your life so life can plan yours. Beautiful. It actually just made me think about those. I've seen them with Joe Dispenza, the auric field photos where they can show the tears in the auras, like the tears in the water balloon. That's all about alignment or disalignment. This is so beautiful. Is there anything else you want to share, Collective, before we wrap up today? We're filled with gratitude that we had this moment with you all and we're just so happy that we connected. So thank you so much. Yes. And actually, before you go collective, I'm just going to do a little shout out. It feels, I can also just say, as you guys probably are sensing as you listen, so good to be talking with you again. And we're going to be doing the COCO, the collective collective, the collective of humans that work with the collective through Annie. Obviously, as the collective always says, you guys can channel the collective directly yourself. So no need to come join us with Annie as the channel if you don't want to. But if you're looking, especially during these times, it's all online, so totally social distancing appropriate. To find this energy and to connect and share your own questions with the collective, we're going to be doing a small group that is submitting the questions. There's going to be four every other week, so four total over two months. So every other week we'll be doing a private channel with Annie with your questions asked, and also you'll have a private Slack community group. And that's actually the original round one of the COCO is where Inner Voice Facilitator Training actually got inspired. And those people are still like loving and doing their own meditations and channels together and doing inner voice work and so much. So if you are looking for people to be friends with or you want to submit your own questions to the collective and be more in this energy beyond just the shows that we air as well, you can meet Annie and Jess and the crew of the Coco over at JessLively.com slash Coco. Yeah, is there anything you want to say on round two, Collective? Yes, we would like to say we invite you to come in with your questions and please, by all means, never think that one question would be too silly, too ridiculed, to whatever the adjective you want to put. We are ready for any questions. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks to you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you know anyone that might enjoy this, feel free to share it with them. And if you want to see what I'm up to on Instagram, you can find me at Jessie as in Cookie Lively. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>